Welcome. Thank you for being here today. And thanks for, uh, for supporting the program, especially, um, we've had really just a great time on social media of late. Thank you so much for doing that. Um, okay. So first off, I got to call out the people in the chat room for having a really funny back and forth on what they identify as millionaires, tall people, um, you know, their regular luggage identifying as carry on luggage so they can get it onto the plane. I'm with you. I just wish it works that way because it see what I find is that all this drama about who identifies as what only works for um, the liberals. And oh, I also if you are on Twitter, you should go to my Twitter feed and check out the video of some people getting really upset with some uh, climate activists for blocking a road overseas. That's I tweet I retweeted that out with a comment because there's another story of some climate activists. They're called resist uh, something or other. They actually like to block streets and they were blocking the tube in Great Britain. They were on top of the tube so that the people who wanted to get on it, they couldn't go anywhere because they were standing on top of it. And the the tube operator wouldn't. Obviously, they're not going to start the 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 train running with someone standing on top of it so there were two people up there so one of them threw something it looks like like something tiny like a piece of paper or something and when he did that one of the people on the ground threw their water it was a cup of water or something threw it and hit him and then he started cursing and then they started cursing and then he the one guy who'd thrown it jumped up and pulled the guy off the top of the train and then the people on the ground started beating him up these are regular commuters. So these, so this wasn't like when there's an Antifa rally and the Antifa rally people are like, yo, you know, <laughs> hey, we want to beat some people up. We're here to bust heads. That's what Antifa rallies are like. And if you go, you know, that's that's what you're going to get. This was a regular morning in this and that the, the train is stopped at a town to get for people to get on and travel to work. And these commuters were having none of it. So that's trending on Twitter Um, dude got beat up pretty badly. At one point, the tube operator was like, get off of him. I'll, I'll have you arrested. And one of the people in the crowd was like, you're going to arrest all of us. And he looked around like, cause there's like a hundred people standing there waiting to get on the train. So, um, the climate activists over in Europe are starting to get like the people there are getting to their breaking point. And I just wonder how long it'll be here in the state, in the States stateside. If the police don't step in and do their jobs to keep the peace and order, what will pedestrians and people who drive cars, whatever, be doing when these people literally like stop traffic, stop them from getting to pick their kids up, stop them from getting to work, stop people from getting the job interviews, stop ambulances from getting where they need to go? You see what I'm saying? Um, so, yeah. So let's get back to I wanted I wanted to go over. So William Barr gave a speech on traditional values at Notre Dame and People are so, oh my goodness, leftists are so upset by what he said. I, when, I, when I see what he said, it just confirms for me that President Trump chose the right guy to be our AG. And remember, the president doesn't choose these people in a vacuum. He has recommendations brought to him by all of his senior staff. He has think tanks like the Heritage Foundation and other places. They come in and they're like, you know, this, these, the, here's our shortlist. Here's who we think you should choose. And then the president has to make a choice out from all of that advice. And he chose A.G. Barr, who first, you know, he was acting and then he went, you know, went in for the full Monty. So 
The quote from him is the imperative of protecting religious freedom was not just a nod in the direction of piety. It reflects the framers' belief that religion was an indis- was indispensable to sustaining our free system of government. So let me just tell you why this is so important. Because when we allow people to reduce religion to, you know, well, you're just pious or you're just religious, you're just someone who you enjoy going to church or you enjoy going to Bible study or you like the Bible. When we reduce it to that, instead of putting it in its proper place that people of a moral and faith tradition have fewer problems, better sex, longer lives, they're healthier and their children turn out better. Their children have happier lives. It's a generational thing. Is this 100%? Foolproof? Of course not. As long as humans are involved, it's not going to be foolproof. But he's talking here about something that used to be so foundational and so easy for people to understand. And now it has become almost, it's like you're talking to a rock or this, this, you know, uh, this tumbler. If I said to this tumbler, you need to make sure that you read your Bible on a daily basis and go to church because that will civilize you and make you into a better person. This tumbler cannot respond. This tumbler is not going to actually do that. It is an inanimate object. And thank God, because I need something to hold my coffee. But if you say that to a human being and you get the same response that I got back from this tumbler just now, nothing, I got nothing back, right? That's a statement about the level of just lack of religious education that people actually are, 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 are operating with. So the attorney general said numerous measures of social decline are rising as religion recedes from public life. And I saw... Over at Christian Daily Reporter this morning, I saw um, just a link to the latest survey on religion and public life, which shows that we've gone from 78% of Americans saying that they're Christians to only 58%. So still a majority, but it's slimming down, isn't it? And when people are more likely to say they're none, they're not religious, they're not anything, they're also going to have a lot of trouble with right and wrong, truth and lies. They're going to have trouble discerning when someone is duping them, like what's happening with the Democrats. You can't even understand what's happening to you. You lack the mental acuity, the mental sharpness that comes from reading the Bible and understanding it, from discussing it with others, from studying it, from hiding it in your heart. It sharpens your mind. If you don't have that going on, You're not going to be able to discern when the enemy has literally got somebody standing in front of you lying to you with a smile on their face like Nancy Pelosi does. You won't be able to tell. And that's what we're seeing. So the attorney general said numerous measures of social decline arising as religion recedes from public life, citing higher instances of drug addiction, mental illness and suicide. Those outcomes are not random, but the fruit of a dedicated campaign against orthodox religious belief. Barr went on to say, this is not decay. This is organized destruction. Secularists and their allies have marshaled all the forces of mass communication, popular culture, the entertainment industry, and academia in an unremitting assault on religion and traditional values. He also went on to talk about state governments and municipal agencies that have been at the vanguard of that effort, noting that the Board of Education in Orange County, California, recently decided religious centers, religious dissenters, so religious people, parents, 
could not excuse their children from portions of the school curriculum broaching LGBT issues. Schools are the usual forum for attacks on religious liberty, according to Barr. Now, I want you to kind of just just put a pin in that for a second and hear what he just said. Parents in California are the legal guardians and, you know, don't get mad at me for saying owners, but I'm, I'm, I'm coming to a point here. They're the, those are their kids. The school district said, you can't decide what we teach your kids. You may not remove your child when we teach this subject. This is America. And do you see how coordinated that is? While they're putting this guy dressed up in a dress tuxedo, a man who wears more facial makeup than I do, on television and in movies where he plays the role of a woman while he is still a man, he doesn't even pretend to be a woman. He just wears dresses and puts makeup on. That's the cultural onslaught against your kids. The schools are like, yeah, we know you might not take your kids to that movie, but you're not going to take your kid out of this classroom so we can't teach them LGBT. And that is why it's so important for us to be, and please don't think I'm trying to, to, talk down to you or preach to you. We all have the same problems. We all have budgets to balance. We all have, you know, I'm, I'm sitting here. I'm only sitting here on this radio show right now, broadcasting to you because of listener support, because I no longer have a contract to do the radio. I, I have signed a contract with Sirius to be a fill-in host, but that is as it described. When they need someone to fill in, I'll get paid to do that when they pick me. So I'm sitting here because of you. So if you think for one second, I'm saying that you know, well, I, I budgeted and I got to, I, we didn't homeschool our kids. Remember our oldest homeschool for senior year, but that involved her going to a learning center where she took those advanced classes. So when I say we have to be at a place as Christians, no matter where we live, if we hear a school board say, your kids are belong to us, they're going to sit in this classroom and we're going to teach them how to put a condom on a banana. You need to be in the position financially where you can say, well, then we're moving. Well, then my kid is going to stay home with, you know, husband, wife, grandma, anybody can homeschool. My kid is not going to sit there and let you teach them how to put a condom on a banana. Why don't you come teach me how to do it? I've never seen people look so radically different as the first time someone told me it was a liberal. And we were at a school meeting and she said, I think we should have the right to do It was something about the gendered bathrooms. And I said, I don't want my child exposed to that. And she said, I think that your values, if they're passed on to your child, might be hurtful to your child. And I think there ought to be a way to stop it. And I turned to her and I said, then why don't you stop me? Why don't you take control of my child and my household and my husband and all of our income and everything else? Why don't you stop me? And I've never seen anybody backpedal that fast. She was like, well, I didn't mean it like that. I said, yes, you did. You meant that you know better than I do for my child. And I said, let's just be glad we're all sitting here grownups and everything, because if this was a playground, we'd be fighting right now. And she was like, well, I think you're taking it to. No, I'm not. You want to see somebody go from zero to crazy in less than one second? Come after the kids. But we don't all have that attitude, do we? We're too busy being nice. We're too busy being afraid that somebody might be mean to our kid when we're not around. Instead of saying, you're not going to be around my kid because you're a demented, perverted, 
purveyor of evil. So not only are you going to get behind me, you're going to get in my rearview mirror and you're going to disappear because I'm getting away from you. I'm not going to let you have access to my precious child for whom I will be held accountable at the judgment seat. Because it's not just going to be explaining every word that we've uttered, every thought that we've let pass through our brain, every action we've taken, every action we haven't taken. We are also, if you have a, a child, if you're a parent, you're going to be responsible for those years when that child was under your control and you said, well, I just don't have time or, you know, we need this or that, or we have boat payments to make or car payments to make or whatever it is that you have to pay for that prevents you from taking your child out of that environment. And it's not going to be an argument. God is not going to say, oh, wow, you know, I get you. You had credit card bills. You couldn't possibly. You've got to make a choice that your children will not be a part of this cultural melee. If you allow these nasty, demented people, morally repugnant purveyors of evil, if you allow them to take control of your children's minds and then later you're like, because I meet people like this too and and God bless them because I, I understand what regret is like. I have regrets about our kids and we still have one at home. But I hate it when I meet someone and they say, oh yeah, my kids are liberals. They went to public school and I just, I wasn't, I wasn't listening back then because we were working so hard. We just wanted to make sure they were in the best school district. And so now I'm praying that they come back to the Lord because their kids haven't just left them politically. They've left the church and this can happen to anyone. So I'm not sitting in judgment. But what I am saying is if someone says to you, don't go this way, if you go this way, danger lies ahead. If someone's warning you, if people are putting up signs, if there's all kinds of information about how doing something not might, but will harm you or worse yet, it will harm your kids. You can't just put something like that off. We've got to be ready to make the sacrifices that need to be made to get our kids away from these people. And that is just the God's honest truth. Wow, what a rant. Okay, so in connection with what he said about the LGBT issues and how the schools are the usual form for attacks on religious liberty, the attorney general noted that the Department of Justice recently intervened in a dispute between a gay teacher and a Catholic high school near Notre Dame. The case arose when the Archdiocese of Indianapolis directed Central, sorry, directed Cathedral High School to dismiss a teacher in a public same-sex marriage or forfeit its Catholic affiliation. So the high school did so. The teacher, Joshua Payne Elliott, sued the school and then the Justice Department filed a statement of interest, arguing the lawsuit suppresses the Archdiocese's First Amendment right to expressive association and impermissibly asked the court to interfere with internal church matters. So the First Amendment precludes this court or a state actor from cooperating in plaintiff's attempt to stifle the Archdiocese's First Amendment right to expressive association, meaning the Department of Justice cannot join in with the plaintiff, who is the gay guy, in trying to suppress the First Amendment rights of the Catholic Church because that would be the state interfering when a church matter. Um, the First Amendment also precludes the court from entangling itself in quintessentially ecclesiastical questions, whether the archdiocese properly interpreted and applied Catholic doctrine. The First Amendment commits that question exclusively to the ecclesiastical tribunals of the church. So anti-bar demonstrators picketed near the Notre Dame campus during his visit. Some protesters blew whistles in reference to a whistleblower complaint from that fake whistleblower. And um, 
you know, they, they didn't want him to be allowed to speak. But I think, you know, I would say it now that this speech is one of the most important speeches that was made this year, especially by a sitting uh, member of the, uh, uh, you know, Trump administration. And, and I'll say when people look back, they will say that this speech was prescient and needed and consequential for this calendar year, that it was important that he made this speech, especially at a Catholic organization, a Catholic university. Um, Hopefully people in the, the pews heard it and listened and will take heed. We'll be back with the last segment after this.